0: Welcome to 2022. What are you doing that's brand new? We're brand new, new look, new year, new everything. How are you operating in this new season? Are you operating in pride, corporate driven branding? Or are you operating in ease, independently driven flow? We need to operate in peace as we begin to collaborate, build and grow. Cause ain't nobody got time to put as much work as we do. Can I get an amen? In and not see success. I'm going for success to build legacy. What are you going for? Esteem to live the dream. This is Taj McCameron. Love, faith, peace, and blessings. Till next time, peace. Steam to Live the Dream. Hello and welcome to Steam to Live the Dream. I was just sitting here and I decided to record a new podcast why I was just sitting here thinking and this has been on my mind for the past several weeks well actually if I'm honest honest about it it's been on my mind for the past several years I've I've been back and forth about this and it's something that I fight with a lot <clears throat> and I'ma come from the real 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 me can I get real real with you can I get real honest with you When I was a kid, I started singing at five years old. i never forget. There was this stupid little song that I created. I made it up in my head about a rocking chair. Cause I remember it was around Christmas time. We and my mom was sitting in the living room trying to set up this Christmas tree. Cause I remember it was, it was Dark in the living room but the Christmas tree. We're sitting in the living room. We're gonna try to figure out what we're gonna do with it. And I remember I started singing this little melody about this little rocking chair and sitting in the corner and something like that. And I'm like, wait, t- this little song. And that's when I first started singing. Time went by and I left it alone. But see, when I became a teenager and I wanted to have my separation from my parents a little bit, my mom used to spend a lot of time downstairs, so I'd be up in my room just jamming the music and I would turn on music and let me just explain to you about music with me. When it came down to music, I remember being eight years old, a seven years old, walking into the music store, I don't even remember what the name of the music store, but I remember it was... used to be over there where the security square mall was here in Baltimore and it was this record store and it was full of records but I was about 7 years old and you can only imagine about a 7 year old height me and my mom were walking through through the aisles of the music store we get to this one row and I see this record you gonna know it when I describe it There was a bunch of animals on the front cover with this one pair of eyes at the top. Come on, let's say the title together. It said, The Dangerous Album. I went to my mama like, oh, I look at all these animals, mommy. (laughs) My mom said, oh, Michael Jackson came out with a new album. We went and bought that album right then on the spot and my mom went and got two cassettes for, uh, was it Billy G? The Off The Wall and the uh, Thriller album? I forget. All I know is this. (laughs) I was hooked on Michael Jackson and my mother bought me this little radio. It was this tan radio and it was like, oh my God. To this day, I remember that tan radio, but I also remember I destroyed the Michael Jackson off the wall album, cassette tape, because all the tape ran out of it because I played that tape so much on that radio. <laughs> so when I say I love music, I'm not kidding. I love music music. My first entertainer artist that I fell in love with was Michael Jackson. Oh my God. I remember being eight, nine years old. And I remember it was voting day. And my mom had to take us to go vote. And we were going my way back from voting. And my mom said, I got a surprise for you. I was like, you got a surprise for me? What you got a surprise for me for, mommy? She said. I went to Blockbuster and I was like, Oh, you went to Blockbuster? What'd you get? She pulls out Michael Jackson's Making a Thriller. I just about died. I was sitting in that front of that car screaming my head off. Oh, I loved me some Michael. (laughs) I love music. I (laughs) can't. I'm that person. I love music to the degree that I will look at a music video to this day and I'll be like, how do they do that? (laughs) Why? Because I was the kid that used to watch Michael Jackson's The Making of Thriller over and over and over again. I watched every dance move. I watched every boom. I watched all of the back. ground stuff that they did my favorite scene was when they played uh working day and night and you show john landis and michael jackson goofing off and michael took the took the um fake plexiglass and bust him over the head with it and just broke all over the place that was like that was my childhood music was everything ah Then when I became a teenager, I used to listen to music. I had, let's just be honest, I recorded everything Michael Jackson did. If me and my mother managed to turn the TV on and we caught it, I remember when they did the, um, when Michael Jackson did the private home movies, we didn't even know it was coming on that night. This is how on point and in tune to music I am. We happened to just change the channel, didn't know it was coming on at all. Chain the channel. Happen to see Michael Jackson play, like, Michael, what? Turn it on? <gasps> Private Home Movies, a whole two-hour long special. What? We picked up the first VHS and shoved it in a VHS player. We recording this? Oh yes! <laughs> oh yes! What? <laughs> I've seen the making of Thriller. I've seen and oh my god when Michael Jackson came out with the Unbreakable album and I realized I had never seen the making of Ghost and they aired it on BET for the first time that year. Oh my God, me and my mom was tripping that night. <laughs> we were like, what? We watching the making of it. We saw the making, we watched Ghost. I watched it over and over. You know, I was so pissed. For- this is what happened. This is how you know you a music lover. Listen, this is how you know you're a music lover. We turned around. The next night they aired the premiere of the You Rock My World video. Best 13 minutes. You know I halfway recorded over it. We go wanna talk about somebody mad. <laughs> That's one of those. I'm mad because I recorded over a part of another Michael Jackson video. Stop playing. Anybody remember? When MTV, VH1, and BET all at the same time used to have Michael Jackson weekends where they would do, it would be, one would do like Saturday. All the Michael Jackson videos. I mean all of them. You talk about starting at 12 o'clock with the Wiz, going to Thriller, Countdowns, this, Ghost, this, the other one, uh, Smooth Criminal. You, all the way down to nightfall. All the way through to midnight. Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson all day. <laughs> what we talking about? Hello. <laughs> Music. is ingrained in my blood. That's why I was so hurt when they tried to accuse him and all that type of stuff. And I'm going to still say, try to accuse Hate me if you want to. (laughs) Them actually dangerous were a lie. Not only were they a lie, it came out later that the boy, the boy admitted that he lied. And then the guy that told, and there was audio tape of the guy setting up the whole, let's not go there. (sighs) The whole thing was a lie. (laughs) But they used it to try to destroy this man's career. Hardly. I just, I, to this day, hurt my soul. Hurt my soul. Hurt my soul. As a lover of music, it hurt my soul. Not as bad as the day he died. You want to talk about somebody's soul being ripped out of their chest. I cried for the a week straight unbelievable bawling tears couldn't speak it was uh, it was horrible tears getting back to my teenage years and music by this point I've seen the making of everything (laughs) and my love of music has just gotten to this point where I'm just like I love music man I love music Michael used to always say that he would become the music You have to become the music become the dancing become become it and I remember I used to sit in my room getting back to my room I sit there at 13 and 14 and I would be playing all of the hot music of that time frame this is when um, Christina Aguilera was popular love for all seasons uh, Ricky Martin and Christina Aguilera uh, Britney Spears, Destiny's Child was the hot thing right then. Oh, Janet Jackson. That was back when my mom finally let me listen to Janet Jackson and we recorded the full Hawaiian concert. For all of you. I had it, I taped up the cover. I made my own cover, cause I printed out the photo of the cover of the album and I used Gold lined markers Sharpie markers to outline the all for you on the front cover of the tape I had that on VHS legit recorded all of her interviews. I was I stayed down with my musicians. Hello. (laughs) Music 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 music. And what I used to do when I was, like, 12 and 13 which was, I would be in my room, and I would sing the songs that I was listening to. I got it so down pat on point. Even to this day, if I was to play any of the people that I listen to, even the people I listen to today, I can sing vocally matching what I hear, and being in complete tune with it—that's how, that's how I developed my singing gift. <clears throat> and that was not my, my first delving into singing. But I hit it. I ain't never let nobody hear me sing until. Mother passed in 2004. I was in college in 2009, 10. Might have been a little bit. Might have been 2008, maybe, or a little bit earlier than that. Like 2007, 2008. I was sitting there, and I was listening to Beyonce's Worldwide Woman, I was talking on the phone with a friend of mine, and I was telling her, yeah, I sing a little bit, but I just happened to be sitting in the room in my godmother's house, which had the highest ceiling and the least amount of furniture. So when I when she said come on why don't she sing a little something for me? I was on the phone with her. She said sing a little something for me. I was like, all right, all right, all right. So I was sitting sitting there listening to World Woman. I was like, okay. So I went and I sung the bridge for her and I was sitting in the room with the highest ceiling and the least amount of furniture. So when I hit them notes, she was like, Girl, what you you like can sing. I'm like okay right whatever um because I ain't to do nothing with it <laughs> which I'm gonna tell you I really didn't because of the fact that I went to college for fashion design I did not go to college to sing <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it plus I thought singing was a little bit of a cop out be with for singing not to go to school for it but you know just to go and try to become a singer because everybody tries to become a singer and it's like it's known that everybody tries to become a singer <sighs> and it's like the hardest industry to break into plus I was like that's a cop out I'm going to fashion <laughs> so I didn't even think about Singing and music like that. But I love music! (laughs) I remember when I was younger, there was somebody I was involved with at the time. And at the time after my mother passed away, the house was empty most of the time. So what I used to do is I would sit and I would play music. Matter of fact, just before I started this podcast, I was sitting there listening to me some Dietrich Haddon. Because I had not listened to it, and we're going to get into the point of what I have to say once i finished this anthology of my love of music um but basically yeah i just fell in love with it that the person i was with at the time they were like your house is always so chill and the reason that was like that was because i hated feeling like i was alone so I And after my mother having passed away, and she was like, man, she was like my ace, boom, boom, tight, we was tight like that. Music was on at all times in the house, and it was like me and her, she was like my buddy, 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 buddy. And then she wasn't there no more. So I would play music to fill the space. And that person in my life at the time said, your house always seems peaceful because you be playing that music in the background yeah cause me and my mother were known to on Sundays we would have on 95.9 playing the smooth jam saturday nights playing the quiet storm sunday mornings playing the gospel we had the music music it was music in our house remember back during that time it was Sierra Ludacris oh the whole Sierra album I remember I got sick (laughs) I played that Sierra first album till I got so worn out of it that every time I play it now I remember how I felt when I was playing it then same thing happened I broke my foot in the it was eleventh grade? I think it was eleventh grade, and they put me on <laughs> Tylenol, Coding. and I remember I used to play. MTV would be on on the TV. Man, they used to play this. It was a song by um, Hillary Duff. When Hilary Duff's first single came out, and I I remember they played that song so much. Every time I heard, every time I heard that song, even to this day, I think about how loopy I was on that codeine cause that's the song was playing while I was on codeine over and over and over on, we played that one track over and over on MTV and VH1 when that song first came out oh, it's like, oh my God, I don't even remember the name of it but if I heard it and I went back and looked it up I could tell you exactly what song it was and just for the hell of it I might play it as one of the songs that'll be in the mix of songs if you go to the Spotify side of the Anchor, you'll hear the song playlist. You know what? We might just, I might, you know what? When I post this, I think I'm going to post this to come up either as a Saturday episode or a Tuesday episode. And I'm going to go in. I'm going to, seeing as we can just add music, if you really want to hear the music that I fell in love with, I'm going to do an exciting Extensive playlist. I don't know how many songs Spotify will allow you to add to an episode, but I'm gonna do all the ones I'm talking about from childhood on up that I was listening to. And we're gonna do a full list, and it's just gonna be with this episode. So you're gonna get all of them. It's gonna be a full, extensive playlist of all my songs. But yeah. And when I started singing, one of my other faves was Tamiya. Tamia was my girl. And there's a little story I got behind that. There was this girl I used to know when I was in the fifth grade. Her name was Tamia Campbell. My name is Taj Cameron. Tamia Campbell and Taj Cameron are two different names, but for some reason, because we have such close Letters in our name the students would always give me her papers instead of mine and her She would get my papers instead of hers because our names were that close The I and the J were like right next to each other so closely close together and T A M I A. So when I started singing Funny enough, one of my favorite songs was Tamiya, the with the music that, 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 that was my youth and I got so far away from it, it became only a background for me, but you see, the thing you do in darkness, God will make. You great. Man. I started to actually fall in love with music to a different degree in my latter years I've always been a writer I've been writing since I was five years old so me writing poetry at seven years old was not a big thing seven nine ten years old but it wasn't until I was about thirty something about 34 now. I went to New York at 30 I believe. Which means I started writing music seriously when I was about 29 years old. I started writing music. And I started doing things in relation to music, singing, editing, doing beats, mixing beats, all of this type of stuff, and I just fell in love with the process of processing music. There is one track that I have yet to finish, but I have the template for and I'ma keep that template because I had to fight for that. I got this Spanish, this Spanish song came to me and it's it, it's like this. You're gonna hear it one some someday. I declare it and I decree it because I fell in love with the song of by Whitney Houston not it's not I want to dance with somebody is it yes it's I want to dance with somebody but then Timbaland turned the song on its head when he remixed it oh my god when he did the remix kind of that song I could just the way he mixed that beat but I took that and I did a whole template beat for this song that came to me that I wrote coming in the future keep your ears open when you hear the title and you hear the song I will tell you that that's the song that's one of my babies but yeah I fell in love with it. And during my four year stint in New York, I was doing a lot of writing, a lot of writing music, a lot of writing, period. I just, I loved music, man. <laughs> so I was doing, I was going through some stuff at the time, and for me, the writing was therapeutic. And I remember at some nights in the room I was in, and I was staying there. When I was in there by myself I would just go in and I belt I remember one time I, I belted Monica uh, the Monica Rick Ross song uh, anything to find you oh it was another one of those reverberated sound tunnels all oh, the sound in the reverb was awesome and then oh my god that summer that Beyonce came out with bigger and uh, spirit I managed to get her operatic vocal down pat that I went down I'm legitimately telling you this. this is 100% legit I still have that audio clip of me singing I'll determine if I want to do this or not Singing that part of her singing. The operatic part of the song from Bigger when she did the making of the gift. I did, a, I, I, I did the acapella part. Just, just the operatic part that she did in the background. I, to this day, every time I hear myself sing that part, and I might clip it in here. When I hear myself sing that part, I be I I be done forgot that I could sing. So when I hear the clip of me singing that, I be like, that's me singing? What? (laughs) For real, for real. That's that's me. Cause it was me. And I When I clip it, when I clip it and add it, what I'll do is I'll add the part of me going into it so you can hear my vocal going into it because I actually jacked up the first part because I was trying to blend two audio clips together at the same time and I didn't get it right and I was sick at the time. That first part of that clip sounded atrocious. But when I got to my vocal balance, and this is how I've learned, I learned, I went through a full um, 30, 30 day singer course and I discovered all the flaws with my voice I know every flaw that is wrong with my voice when it comes down to singing and I've come to find out that a lot of my issues and I'll be 100% honest I went through four years of trauma that I don't talk about that where I used to be confident with my singing I lost myself. And singing got me through that for years. But a part of me lost confidence in my ability to sing. To a degree that I kept losing my voice. And when I kept losing my voice after singing, I stopped. It was one day I was uh, on a coaching call with um, another... Minister that sings and she told me she legitimately told me straight up She's like do you say I say yes, I do she said to me and I repeat If you sing sing I Don't care what comes against you. I don't care what tries to stop you. I don't care what it is I don't even want to hear an excuse out your mouth next as to what is your excuse as to why you don't sing. If you sing, sing. If you sing, sing. I don't care what comes against you, sing. And that was the last thing she said to me and I got off that phone call with her. And I do. I delve back into my singing here and there. So when I, one of my practice methods is the same thing I started in when I was 15 years old. I'll come into a room, I'll turn my music on, and I'll just play my songs. And when I hit that vibe, which I'm going to probably do as soon as I'm done with this, this recording. Um, I'm going to sing with my music 100% legit because that's the way I sing I remember I was in church one time it was the first time I ever sang in front of anybody and I was just I spoke a lot I do a lot of speaking when I go to church I would do a lot of speaking and a minister came straight to me to my face he said this to me after I had spoken on the pulpit that particular day because I spoke uh, during the prayer service all the time and this was for the before that four years of trauma I went through. She said that you got a voice on you that you're going to touch many people. And I was like okay but I have an Instagram because at the time I was trying to launch my Instagram and my Facebook because I was just I was putting my blogs out there my blogs and my blog posts out there and she said no I need you to hear me you going your voice is going to touch many people because your voice has an impact to it two people have said this one told me that I have a voice that is reminiscent of uh, angela davis when it comes down to the way that i talk about things but another came to me it was saying one of my old church members she said that i had a voice that resembled it was some pastoral person that she knew that she listened to she said your power in your voice is like legitimate and i'm like okay <laughs> My favorite songs is the underdog because i've been through hell and high water over years and i know that all that i've gone through is to prepare me because one of my biggest hidden talents is the fact that i sing. i say it and the reason i'm telling i'm telling you right now the reason i say this so much is because if i don't Openly admit that I sin, I will hide it. And I will keep hiding it. And because my safe place tells me, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> my safe place says stay in your safe place. Do not talk about this. Do not express this. Do not be all up in that. Stay safe but I can't stay safe. I have to be honest about the fact that if I don't, I will never become what I'm supposed to be in this world. I have to walk in the fullness of who I am, even if that's me forcing myself to even admit that yes, I do sing. It is a part of me. So not only am I holding myself accountable, that the people around me, that when I try to shy back away from it, will hold me accountable. (laughs) I know that I've had moments where I have taken that time. And I've, I've written to multiple celebrities on multiple occasions where I've just said and reached out and I've said certain things. I remember several years ago I had seen an interview from one of these particular celebrities and I went back to this particular celebrity's Instagram and I wrote the person back saying that I was so moved by that interview. You know that person actually liked that comment? I've I've actually gotten hitbacks on liking of the comments that I've stated, because I'm not that person. I want you to hear me and know me when I say this. I'm not this person that's gonna chase no celebrity down <laughs> to get attention from them. Ooh, look at me! Ooh, ooh, ooh! No, I'm not that girl. If I'm in a celebrity's page, I'm liking what you said. I'm making a point about what it was that you pointed out and what you were talking about but I'm not out here trying to get attention for what it is that I do I'm coming at you with look what you did right there was so awesome that I just want to thank you for being who you are That was an incredible moment and thank you because you're giving us the ability to better be able to walk in what we walk in, to be able to better see and seek and know and to speak out and to walk in the fullness of who we are as creatives. Keep doing what you're doing because you're inspiring us. I ain't out here trying to be like, look at me, give me attention. I, I remember one time, I'm gonna be legit, legit, legit. And I might actually do the other part of this as a second broadcast because this is already 35 minutes, and if I'm gonna add music and we gonna party, party, this is gonna be a really long broadcast. because <laughs> I'm going to put all the music in there, so I might make a part two to this where I talk about the subject matter that was on my mind that led to this conversation. That I have a passion for music. I'm not out here looking for accolades. I'm not out here looking for to get on by anybody or to be put on by anybody. I'm out here Just being a creative that respects other creatives. I don't care what your status is. I wrote, um, this is how much I don't care about the person's status. I'm not telling you which celebrities that I've written messages to (laughs) that like those comments. Because I've written to at least five different ones. I've written albums, I've written record reviews just send it because i was like look i'm gonna just send this because not because i'm looking to be put on but because i respected what you did and i won't give this to you if you don't never remark back to me at all i don't care you saw it if you saw it i hope it blessed you then i hope my message and my love for your work blessed you i ain't out here like that that's an authenticity that a lot of people don't have because I saw this guy one time and I'm gonna be 100% legit this guy was in some celebrities uh, DM I think it was wasn't it LeBron James or somebody and they said something to LeBron James and was trying to get his attention like they were throwing themselves to get attention from this guy And they were just coming at him. Like almost attackative coming at him. When he finally said something. And then he didn't respond back to the next statement. They went in in total disrespect. You don't do that. (laughs) Because you weren't authentic in the first place. I'm the type of person that I say what I got to say. And I'm out. I hope what I said blessed you. Bye. <laughs> I remember I was, I wrote something to somebody. I've never written this person a couple of times. They never respond back to me, which I'm not really looking for. What I'm looking for whenever I respond right to a celebrity is this. I hope, like I just said, I hope that what I wrote blessed you, that it made you smile, that it made an impact on your day, that You got a joy out of what I said. I'm not out here looking to get put on by nobody. (laughs) But if I do, at some point, that was God's doing, not mine. (laughs) Because I got respect for a person. It is disrespectful to come to a person's page, get in their DMs, write them statements, Literally attacking and bashing them, and you claim that you like this person. I saw somebody one time, the person came at them so hard that they ended up responding to them with such an ignorant, intelligent answer you couldn't help but laugh <laughs> because you don't disrespect somebody, you want. Somebody to even say hello to you, you come at them correctly and with due respect. Totally, one hundred percent. That's one hundred percent legitimate. That's one hundred percent professional. One hundred. I am a creative that looks at other celebrities that we may not be on the same level meaning i may be down here trying to get myself to a point where i feel comfortable with my creativity While wow, you have a celebrity that's all the way up there they in the lights they in the stardom they in it but guess what we all creatives at our hearts because that celebrity That's all the way up there. The only difference between me and that person is this. They spent years grinding to get where they are. (laughs) I'm just starting. I went through my dark season. I'm coming out of that, and I'm going into my glorified season. They have been in their glorified season. They've walked through their troubles, walk through their experiences me I may be at the bottom so when I say to them good looking out Good, you did what you did bless us for what you did that was an amazing experience I enjoyed that I hope that I that what I'm saying blessed you you have done this that and the other that is because I am coming from a genuine place I see your heart I see what you do, and I hope that what I said bless you. Real talk, for real. Why? Coming back to the whole reason. I love music. I am a lover of music and a creator. It is a blessing to me. So if I can bless you, and me blessing you blesses me, Whether you just like what I said. Or you don't even have to say anything. But the thing that I've noticed. That things come back around to you. There's something that you can say to a person. There's something that you can type to a person. There's something you can experience. And that person. If you ever see them again. They'll say I remember you. I want to be remembered for being that person. That person that if I ever see any of these celebrities that I've ever written kind comments to, that they'll say, I remember you because you're that person that wrote that statement to me. What you said, bless me. Your review, bless me. Your blah, 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 bless me. Because I ain't out here trying to be Getting all the accolades and the fame and the this and the that. I'm out here trying to glorify God. And if in my glorifying God, these people come back to me because God said, I will add these things unto you, then what? Bless me, God. God did that, not me. So, I've been rambling on. We are gonna come back in part two, and I'm going to express my secondary uh, point. And we gonna talk about what's really on my mind. All right? This is Taj McCameron. For the Steam Live the Dream. Until next time. Love, faith, peace, and blessings. Peace. Hello, this is Taj McCameron, and I'd like to discuss tonight about something that has become close to my heart Kingdom, Creative, Connective, Collective. This is my new community. In it, we are offering you the opportunity to come into a community where you will learn you will grow you will find support you will find content you will find encouragement enlightenment empowerment and it'll be a safe space for you to express your feelings and get the intellectual understanding of things that you may not understand about the very industries that you're desiring to go into. How so? A lot of people look at the industries, whether it be fashion, whether it be music, entertainment, acting, dancing, singing, whatever it is. They all have a viewpoint of what it looks like. Oh, it looks like it's fun. Oh, it looks like it's what have you. Then there's also the fact of some understand that it is hard work, but there's another side to it. It's that third wall. It's the fact of the matter that it's more than just being hard work. It's the fact that you're going into a space, a place, and an experience that you don't have understanding of. It's understanding the fact that you're going into an uncharted territory, and the people there know better how to operate it than you do. And the fact of the matter is, it's like you're going into a den of wolves. It's like you're seeing a bunch of wolves in sheep's clothing, there are people in those industries that will smile in your face and eat you up in the next second. You need to know how, which way to go, and where. And this is my heart. Several years ago, I saw a video on YouTube about a young woman. She was vlogging about having had been in the industry. And how she went in with the best intentions in the world to get and to help other people. She was going to be a model, a role model, and do all of these types of things. She got in there and somebody caught her up. They promised her the world and led her into a lifestyle that she was not appreciative of And it took her some time to get out. And she was in the middle of her healing process. But I saw this woman crying her eyes out. And I said to myself, if I ever had the opportunity, how could I help somebody else? The creative kingdom, creative, connective, collective is that opportunity. It's the opportunity to bring people together, get them focused on what it is that is the real importance of what you're trying to do, how you're trying to do it, knowing what that purpose is, sticking to that purpose and not swaying on your ethical and moral boundaries when you start to see change in your life. Understanding that you have to remain aware of your parameters at all times. Understanding that what it is that you're walking into is uncharted territory and you have to have people around you that are going to protect you some of the most influential entertainers you see in those industries if you ever really closely listen to their stories what is the first thing they already always say i had a team of people i had my mom i had my dad I had family members that were supporting me. I had a team of people, of friends, close friends, boyfriend, whatever it was. But they had people around them that were watching their back while they were growing. And the reason they were able to be successful is they had those people to be the jumping board. You listen to people like Alicia Keys, where she said that she was Uh, in a relationship with somebody and they went in together. And between that relationship, I think her mother, and I think it was a, a uncle or cousin, all three of them together protected her when she was going in. And then the people that were in there that she came across that mentored her or walked with her kept her on the straight and narrow and that's why she's still able to be in the industry the way she is because she had the walls of the people that were protecting her you can't just go in there blind with no protection you will get run over know what it is understand understand The way that it works, ins and outs. Most people don't know the simple things. The fact that you sign a contract, you owe that money back to the company. And every time you sit up there and you pay for a lavish dinner and pay for a lavish this and pay for a lavish that. That's coming out of the money that they gave you. Even if they're going to dinner with you, they're, they're using your credit card that they put money on in order to pay for that dinner. Not their credit card. They're using your money every time you go out. You want to go in a limo? You want to? Do, they're using your money that you're borrowing from the company to pay for that, and then you owe that money back to them. There's so many little tips and twisted tricks. Uh, the V8 Summit. Before they had the V8 Summit this year, last year when they were setting up to do the V8 Summit, there were some little uh, contractual agreements in the contract that were uh, stipulations that could mess up a performer if they were unable to perform the shows in the case that the V8 Summit was canceled due to what's going on in our society. You have to be able to read between the lines, and you have to have people around you that are going to protect you. Know what, where, and how you can operate in these places. That's what the cre- That's what the kingdom, creative, connective, collective is. It's a place that you will learn that you you'll be able to talk about these things, ask questions. You'll be able to uh, work together. And I'm. Um, we're also in the process right now of uh, working on Clubhouse. I've had the opportunity to be in Clubhouse rooms with people that are in these industries and listen to conversations where I learn even more of this stuff. What I plan to do is connect to those groups. And it's like it's going to be a place that you will be able to learn and to grow. That's what. The kingdom, creative, connective, collective is all about. It's a safe place for you to learn. And we hope to grow it to a point that it's not only the safe place for you to learn, but a creative community that you will be able to find Collaborate and connect with the people that you will walk into these industries with and they will become your safety net and your safety circle so that when you go in, you're not going in alone. That's my point for this. So if you want to join the kingdom, creative, connective, collective, find us on Facebook. Search out the Facebook group. And under Steam to Live the Dream, the Facebook page, I believe, there is a group for the kingdom, creative, connective, collective. Stay on top of the articles. But we're currently right now working on the website membership and having a containment area for you guys to actually communicate and hang out. If you're interested, come join us. As a kingdom, creative, connective, collective. Until then, see you soon. A storyteller the one thing i've determined that most creators are are their storytellers they just try to package their story in multiple different forms of packaging a musician is a storyteller through music a marketer is a storyteller through advertising a actor is a storyteller on stage a Former is a storyteller in performance. A movie actor is an actor that tells a visual picture. Are you a storyteller? Do you have a story in your gut? Whether it's your testimony, your life story, your experiences, the thing in you that is your life. Do you have a story? What's your story? A lot of us have a story of untapped potential that we do not understand. What's your story? A lot of us are stuck in dead-end jobs jobs that we don't want because we have to pay for the bills, feed the family, help out around the house, take care of our responsibilities, or maybe we're in the corporate world, we've got the good job, but we feel like we're not living up to the fullest of our potential or worse. We're living in the projects in poverty and we don't know how get out. There's a scream in our gut and we don't know how to